Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Pitch Pod. I'm your host, Jeff Stebbins. Join with me this evening, my co-host, Joe Janner. Joe, how are you doing this evening? Hey, I'm doing fine. As always, happy to be a part of The Pitch Pod. Looking forward to recapping the matches from last week and looking forward to our match of the week for this upcoming weekend. Yeah, I think everyone was pretty surprised with that. You know, uh, We had previously looked at Manchester United v. Man City, a classic Manchester Derby matchup, um, which I think we both thought would be a close match. But the fact that Manchester United won and in the fashion that they won was, it made for a pretty, a pretty fun viewing experience. And before we kind of get into more specifics, let's just get it out of the way. Joe, you know what's coming. I know, yeah, I, I do. Goal or no goal, and uh, don't give me that running for office political answer. Let's just let's just get down to it, yay or nay. Jeff, you know, and I prompted you on this with the direction I would take. These are the laws of the game, meant for interpretation. In th- that contest, he was onside, and I think that it's a deserving goal for them. So, I, you know, we could go back. I, the one other. Caveat to it, I did see some pictures, some clever clip drawings and or Photoshop where he was removed from the field of play and where the ball was in position to the defender and the goalkeeper would have been obvious that they would have got to him. And so in a sense, you know, going back to the idea, was he or was not interfering with the play? Again, I, I, so I say he is onside, the goal stands, good for them. All right. I, you know, I'm going to go in the opposite direction and I do think it's a difficult call, but I, I think that due to the, um, the, the movements that cause confusion, uh, not the touch of the ball, but just, you know, the, the interactions that, um, you know, who the ball was meant for and the run and kind of how the goalkeeper reacted to that really had a big impact on that play. And so I would have called offsides. However, that's me. That's Jeff from the pitch pod. And like you said, it's up to interpretation. And the ref looked at the uh, the VR and he's a World Cup referee. So that's his decision at the end of the day. And I'm not overly bothered with the facts that that was the call because I think Man United deserved to win that game. So again, to me, I think Man U... I think that was their game. They they outplayed Man City. They won, and they were they were ready to go. And so, even though I'd say, eh, probably offsides for me, my opinion, I think they deserve the win. I, know, I get that perspective. I think that's that's fair. That you have to. We mentioned it being a home match. These are the type of results, and these are the type of outcomes that come from that. It's it's a much more difficult decision to make in that instance if you were in the opposite fixture and in, in a different setting, a different stadium, a different venue for that. So I think, again, like you, you mentioned, I, th- I thought that the Manchester United did outperform City. So in the sense that they are deserving of the win. So again, best for them. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. And and I, I we talked about this during the pre-show, but Tin Hogg, he's the man of the hour, right? Um, 
I, I, I was really impressed with them, you know, and, and this kind of, we can look back at the Ronaldo moment and maybe that was when Tin Hogg kind of, you know, set his standard for the team to rise up to. Maybe that was a bigger deal than what most people realized. But mm-hmm. for this specific match, I was really impressed that he was willing to bench his two expensive center backs and put Shaw in. Uh, and Shaw did an amazing job in the back. And then he switched his strategy up on the offensive side as well so that they won by a goal. Um, but I mean, besides the uh, different players, uh, especially Shaw in the back, how did they, what, to you, how did they shut down Holland? How did they shut down Marez and, and De Bruyne? I mean, such a, and Phil Foden, I mean, such a powerful offensive team, so much talent. I mean, how, what was their, how did they do it? So you have to, again, focus on what they have in their midfield. The two, Fred, Casemiro, I found a means and a way to partner in that role as holding mids to, I think, make it difficult for teams to play through in a manner and a fashion at, the, at a pace and a tempo that I think a city who wants to dominate possession can do. So I think limiting those type of opportunities and controlling what they can, as they say, much of a cliche, control controllable, they've gotten that memo and they got that message about what they need to do to be successful. They have their identity. They, they, they clearly, whether again, you can give the credit to the manager as far as communicating that and understanding and it, permeates throughout training and it gets done and it shows up in the results. I think it has to do with them having a clear idea of who they are, what they need to do. And in this case, probably as much completely understood the opposition, knew what they needed to do, were able to limit it and, and kept them from being an effective attacking team that they've been in the rest of the matches throughout the league. So again, hats off to the management and the team and the performance doing what they needed to do to get the job done, to get that win, huge win for them. Yeah, that that was a great Manchester Derby. That was fun. Um, and, and then that brings me to another question is, you know, Manchester City, we know they have a look, you know, a, a team full of talent from all different angles, all different perspectives. You know, they did have possession of the game, but they just weren't getting shots on, on goal like they should have. Um, and so I guess my question is, is if an opposing team is finding a way to shut down Holland or keep him from getting his touches. Is Man City a one-trick pony? Is that is that kind of their game plan? Like, if, if Holland shut down, is the rest of the team shut down? Like, what's your takeaway on that? And, and I know that Man City had a great game today against Tottenham. But it, moving forward, if other teams are able to kind of crack the code, uh, are they able to adapt and have other tactics as they play, or are they that dependent on Holland? I think the answer is that there's much more depth and more to that squad than Holland scoring goals. I think that was always going to be the icing on the cake, if you will, to have a number nine that could score at will in a sense. And yes, to be mindful of him and do what you need to do to keep him, his chances and opportunities to score and, and limit those when he does is, is paramount to the opposition limiting them. Manchester City just is built and has the talent, depth, however you want to phrase it, to present other solutions to any problem that other top seeded their top sides are going to present. So I, I don't count them out for anything. I mean, I still think you mentioned the result from today, down two nil, come back to win four two. Hello, right? So I, I think that that's that's an indicator right there 
of the type of side. I think we're going to continue to see those results from them, those performances from them, what they need to not do. I mean, they, I don't want to be hard, too harsh. They, they can't give away points or lose to a, a Brentford in these, in these upcoming these matches and what's going on. And it's, that's one I think that sticks out is how's that happen? But to lose against Manchester United against a team, Manchester United, we've said it again, they, they outperform them. Manchester City has the ability to do more than that. If you, uh, yeah, if you can control for 90 minutes, if you can limit those and you have a game, solid game plan, which I think you get is indicative of the result, and you can hold that up for 90 minutes, you're going to be successful against them. You slip, you take your foot off the pedal. You, again, just as an individual player or as a unit, as a squad, you, you forget about what you're there for to get done. It's going to happen. You're going to, you're going to, they're going to attack. They're going to get, they're going to score on you and they're going to win. Yeah, hats off. It was a great, great match. Um, looking ahead, and, and this is going to be another great matchup. We have the number one team in the league, Arsenal, going against the number three team, actually tied in points with Man City, is Man U, who's been hot lately. Their, their manager is the man of the town, Ten Hag. They're, they're just on fire, red hot. And I think this is going to be another really, really good match. I think it's going to be a close match for for the good majority of the game. So what are your initial thoughts going into this, Joe? I, I know that the vast majority of people, last I checked, gave Arsenal a 52% chance likelihood of winning. Pretty big, you know. Um, but what's, what, what's your initial takeaways looking ahead at this? I think I'd first start the fact that this is now the reverse fixture from a previous loss. Now we're at home, Arsenal, if you will. That will play a big part in this. As I suggested, as I mentioned, having played these guys before, it really being their biggest, if the only blemish on their resume, if you will, for this season, their loss to them. They certainly had to win a, or, and or learn a lot from that loss. They're going back and looking at that film. They're going back and look at previous film. Those that are help out now outside, will, I think, will prepare Arsenal to be a top performance, and I think they will do well in this. Now, how Manchester United prepares itself, what their goals are going to is as far as getting a result, I think they'd be fine as much as they wouldn't suggest it or say they would be fine with a draw. But I think they, I see them go for the win. That's the thing. I'm really looking forward to this match because I think, again, with the where they sit in the table, where they want to do, where Arsenal wants to get and what they want to achieve from the season, they want to win, obviously. But I think it's a Manchester United team that's not going to be like okay with the draw. They've already beaten them once. They're going to go there showing them that we could beat you twice this season. Oh yeah, they man, you they need this. I mean, to keep that momentum running, they and to be a title contender, they they need this absolutely. I guess, you know, man, you who's who's their guy for this match? Who are you predicting is going to have the best game from from man, you at this match? And you know what what's the tactic going into this? Right? Do do they keep Shaw at center back based on how the last match went? Or are they in their traditional format? What, like a little bit more specifically? I think what you'll find, and it goes a little bit with what I was suggesting them early on in the match. I, I have to think that they'll allow Arsenal to have possession of the ball. I think their team, Manchester United, set up in such a way that they can gather defensively what Arsenal is going to be trying to do, whether it's attacking from one side or the other, or how Odegaard will play a role, whether how he's going to be positioned. We, you know, we could talk about Arsenal. And their lack of really a number nine and how he's kind of off the radar, if you will, in a sense, and, and are able to still utilize attacking threats from Saka and Martinelli, et cetera. So I think what Manchester United would do well or be set up to do 
in this contest probably best is look to give Arsenal the ball, allow them to set up, find opportunities to counter, probably mostly on the, the attacking side of the right, Saka, maybe allowing him to find himself in the space where he can make a press and he can lose the ball there and counter from that way, maybe quickly switch the play and go from there and, and have a well, a more than effective counter strike and go about the well, – that's about a top score. Rashford's set to score one in this one for me. And, and through this, of course, I think he'll be he'll be something that the Arsenal has to be accounted for. And I think that's mostly how the game will be set up. If Manchester by chance scores one, it's going to open things up and it could really mean a couple different goals, a couple different ways from both sides. So it could be back and forth when he's back and forth if Manchester United is to score first. Yeah, I agree. I think I think you're right. I think Arsenal, they're number nine. That's that's a weak link at the moment. Um, and menu, uh, the counterattack, that's, that's their opportunity and they need to take advantage of it. Um, I, I definitely agree. Uh, before we move on to predictions, Joe, I think our viewers and myself are just dying to know how good was that Philly cheesesteak sandwich? <laughs> wow. Definitely something to, to write back about. Definitely something to share on the pitch pod. You, you can't go wrong with the Philly cheesesteak sandwich in Philadelphia. So Yes. Was it, it was as good as you imagined it would be. Even better. Yeah. I mean, almost almost writing in my calendar, another opportunity to go back to Philly. Let's, Let's go. Sign me up. Well, okay, Joe, I'm going to go ahead and do my prediction the first this time. I'm going to say I do think it's going to be a close match, well contested, both top-tier teams. I'm going 2-1 to one, Arsenal. What are we doing? You must know that that was where I was really close to going myself in the sense that they have it in them to win this. I, I think that's for sure. I think a little bit of what they're going to be going after is, again, redemption from having the loss there. So there's going to be a lot of fire and a lot of desire in those boys' hearts to go out there, again, at home, to make sure that Manchester United doesn't come off successful. With that being said, it may just be one. I think I do get the feeling this is one of those – especially I would suggest with Manchester United, maybe sitting back, allowing Arsenal to possess, create chances, try to kind of really identify which approach they're taking early on may lend itself to a, a first half with no goals, maybe even into the next 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you know, are, are some substitutions that's going to come on. Is there going to be a key substitution that's going to be made by Arsenal to then score the one that they need to go through? And so again, a close match, I have Arsenal winning late, with one goal to nil versus Manchester United. Okay, both going for Arsenal. All right, so pretty close matches either way. Um, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's watching. Please like, subscribe, and um, as always, keep pitching out there, everyone. Take care. <laughs>